Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 189th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy legends at Audio Technica, but more on those guys and girls later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, my partner in crime, my podcast, Ride or Die. You can find her at Miss Ellie Hart. We're talking about Miss Ellie Hart. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? Um, it's a brave new world I'm living in right now, I must tell you. Big changes have occurred this past, uh, this past week. Mm. Obviously, uh, COVID and everything is still running rampant. Things have been pretty hairy, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they used to be. They are a lot less hairy these <laughs> days because, uh, I stupidly decided to, uh, shave my beard off for a work charity-based event. So, uh, I am clean-skinning for the first time in well over 10 years and uh it feels weird i look at myself and i don't like it and i just want to hide under the blankets until my beard grows back but uh it is what it is and here we are yeah i'm curious do you lose like some kind of strength or superpower now that it's removed or i i do yeah i i'm uh minus three manliness so uh, i've gone down <laughs> in that regard so i can no longer open jars um i can no longer uh, sort of work directions when i'm driving a car as well and um, I'm about to do a, a smoke tomorrow, a big brisket, and I'm scared that that's going to fail because, uh, yeah, minus three on the manliness, uh, I could be uh, just resorting to a bit of toast or something instead because uh, all my talents have gone out the window. We'll see how this podcast goes because yeah. I've de- never done a naked face podcast, but here we are. I, yeah, that's what I said. I don't think I have ever seen you without a beard. It was quite the shock. You, you've had the best reaction so far. <laughs> It, it sounded like you walked in on a dead body. Like you've got to just come home and open open the front door and in the lounge room is my beardless corpse. And you just went, ah! <laughs> I was quite the shock, unfortunately. It's, it's, it is because like I, you with the beard have has all I've ever known as far as I'm concerned. Like as soon as you came out of the womb, you had a beard. So Yeah, sadly, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty true. I was a very hairy baby. I was uh, very monkey-like in my uh, in my demeanor and stature when I was on when I was a babe. So yeah, yeah, had had a full head of hair, not much of a beard, but it didn't take long. Had the hair mustache. You know when you the -hmm. kids are starting to get the hair mustache when it's time to shave. I had one of them in I don't know, year six or year seven. It had to go because it was not looking very nice. So uh, yeah. But anyway, anyway, the joys of isolation is I can sort of hide and be selective as to who sees me in my current weakened state. But yeah, uh, yeah. that's me. Any any exciting news that uh, you've got to share this week? Anything you've been up to that's a bit crazy or uh, right. left of center? I've done I've done the opposite. I've decided to take on intermediate fasting because when you're home a lot, you snack a lot. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of put some rules down and. I just feel like I'm starving all the time. It sucks. It really sucks. And because you're such an early riser, like yeah. um, fasting is great for the ones that sleep in, but because you're awake at the sparrow, mm-hmm. you'd be starving by the time, you know, 10, 11 o'clock rolls around or whatever time your your activation is. So Yeah, so it's 11 to 7. 
Um, yeah, so like no more like late night snacking and pretty much like coffee's allowed. So it's just like straight coffee that's getting me by till 11. And then, yeah, and then it's like just trying to stuff myself, but not too much because I'm also at a calorie deficit. I, I essentially hate my life. <laughs> That's yeah, what I'm rounding it down I feel to. you. We're, we're, we're living some uh, some horror stories just at different ends of the spectrum at the moment, it feels like. So uh, <laughs> we'll survive. We'll get through. So yeah. um, I guess full disclosure as well, I'm, I'm running a new setup at the moment with, with the recording. Uh, I've just picked up one of the, the Rode Procaster, uh, or Rodecaster Pros, I should say, um, sort of mixing console. And so I've got the mic running through a different configuration that i'm used to so if the audio is slightly different on this recording apologies because i've only had this thing for less than 24 hours and i'm just sort of wrapping my head around how it all goes together still so uh audio should still be good and it should uh still should be a nice juicy well-polished episode uh content is uh debatable obviously but uh (laughs) yeah we'll uh we'll make sure this thing sounds as good as it can but if there is some audio jumps just bear with us because next week should be all sorted out, just trying to, to eliminate some of the gremlins there. But yeah, um, I guess we could talk about what we've been playing. I know we've uh, we've been smashing some of the uh, New new Horizons still, uh, mm. to, to no one's surprise. Yeah. Any, any, any exciting new stories or, or tidbits you want to share as far as your Animal Crossing adventure? How's your, how's your town came? Visited? Gorgeous Yay, place, I must say. Dude. Yeah, and then we had Very the pretty. buckle of finding out that like uh, transplanting like trees and plants just doesn't go as uh, easily as we hoped it would, unfortunately. We yeah, what a joke. Like, yeah. um, obviously, cherry blossom trees are all the rage right now in Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, mm. but it seems that it is limited to a Northern Hemisphere experience <laughs> because, uh, yeah, you, you, even if you dig them up and ship them back to the south with you in your pockets, you, you plant them and they just become a hardwood tree. So yeah. uh, we're not allowed to have nice things here in the Southern Hemisphere, it seems. Well, you'll probably get it in your springtime. Yeah, hopefully. but then, then it's limited. I want them year-round. But I like, I guess, that it is seasonal. I yeah. understand. In winter, yeah. did the ponds freeze over? Do they go mm, to that level? No, I, I, I don't think they could freeze over the ponds because you still have to go fishing. But I thought there would be some kind of snow element. So mm. I guess closer to Christmas, maybe we'll see snow. Yeah, yeah. Or, or winter for us. Maybe, maybe we get it in June, July, August. We might get a little bit of snow on the, on the hardwood trees and the fruit trees. Mm, it's pretty good, though. I like how truthful it is like it's pretty interesting that it can be nighttime over here and then i'll quickly go visit you and it's like middle of the day the sun's Mm -hmm. out and it's summer and there's all these different fish and bugs on your island and stuff so it's it's good i like the contrast yeah like like for a game that is sort of molded out of this cute quirky almost childlike enjoyment and play style there is a Mm -hmm. lot of depth and a lot of reality embedded in this game like yeah mm. the, the day night cycles following following the true clock the seasons the fact that uh your landlords uh are the devil and uh you know you're constantly in debt like there is some some real world truths there like uh i can't help but not bash the nook like um i finally paid for my my third room or got the loan for my third room so now i'm now he's up me for you know, 500 Seven. plus thousand bells so oh. Yeah, I think the next so. one's like seven hundred thousand. So oh get ready my for god! That. My goodness. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm I'm dealing with uh, remorse, buyer's remorse, or mover's remorse. I, I guess you should say. Yeah. So I've been trying to shuffle around some of the buildings to yeah. sort of just change the town layout, and I've 
I've moved them and because you've got to almost do two steps if you have to move one building to then be able to move the second one to where you want that one to be and um so i did a bit of a shimmy shuffle last night and then i went what have i done i should just kept it how it was so i'm 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 out 100 grand moving these two buildings and now i don't know where to put the tailor's shop because it's sort of just put it off the main island at the moment just to move it out of the way yeah now i'm like i want it back in the like little hub that i've made this sort of um mecca but now i don't know where the hell to put it Oh, see, I guess I had that advantage that I knew what shops to expect. Like I knew exactly that we were going to get a certain amount of shops. So every time I built something, as I like explained to you the other night, like I haven't unlocked pathways yet. So in order to get the concept across, I used flowers as like lining out pathways. So then I had everything set for when the shops were coming. The only thing I'm not prepared for now is I'm running out of space for houses. And I've yeah. got to get all these new people in. I've got no, I've got no room on the main island. Yeah, I've I've moved a few of them off to like the the little right hand side of the island, so the main hub's pretty much full. And then I've got a few just over a little bridgeway. So I mm. think I'm at maximum capacity, apparently for villages at the moment. So I think I've Is got eight or ten. Eight, I think eight? it's eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so I think I'm capped out at eight. You could fit a ton more on an island easily. So hopefully they increase that number, even if it is just to ten. But yeah, I've, I've got a lot of little creatures running around. Most of my creatures seem to be all like fitness and ninjas. They're all about <laughs> lifting and broing down and Naruto running. That's all my crew are. And then I've got a little little like scientist cat, like little super nerd scientist cat with like a little data rack in his, in his house and stuff. Mm. But the rest of them are all just little juice heads. Yeah, oh. The weird thing is, is that like, I actually go and look at their profiles and everything. And for the majority, I only technically have one jock, like one that's referred to as a jock. But for some reason, all of them are just very, very fitness focused. Like they all are doing like yoga or lifting weights or doing aerobics in the main plaza. And I find it very cute, especially like I have one that's labeled as lazy, but he now is like, it's kind of cute. They like do yoga together like he does it with the jock ah so no, I see yeah. it's infectious maybe they sort of because you see him obviously communicating and having conversations mm-hmm. with each other so maybe they sort of instill their beliefs well maybe because like in a lot of the wikipedia articles they say like oh they don't interact well with this kind and they don't interact with that kind but the only qualm i've had is the nicest most sweetest animal on my island apparently told the jock there's something negative about his quads and he didn't like that. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's the biggest issue. So, but for the most part, all of them are getting along. I've, I've, I like even Hazel, the one that the squirrel that I hated. I'm okay with her now. She's cool. But pro Hazel. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize when you um, first initiate the camping, like the first campsite, you have to say yes to the first person that moves in there. Like there's mm. no way around it. So now okay. I've got some douchebag called Zell. Zell. I've got, yeah. um, I've been trying to get him to stay. He's like this little theater performer, Hollywood star wannabe that keeps coming over to the island all the time. And I've been trying oh, really? to tell him to stay, but he won't. What, and then he was he giving like? me like trivia. Um, he's like a little, little mammal. I'm trying to think exactly. He's like a sort of almost like a little fancy cat or ca- fancy dog looking fella. Oh. And he was like, like big sort of breasted coat and everything. He was, he's pretty suave. 
Oh. And he's talking about, you know, making it in Hollywood. I can't remember his name, but he wouldn't he wouldn't stay because you know obviously when you've got yeah, the people visiting the campsite, you go talk yeah. to them and convince them to hang around. He's not he he wouldn't want to buy it, but he, he was going to Hollywood and becoming famous. So uh yeah, couldn't couldn't get him to stay. Um yeah. failed at his trivia all the time. He was he was asking like this celebrity based trivia and I just couldn't seem to get it on, on the first go. So uh maybe you had to answer that and then he'd stay. But yeah, he's he's off chasing his dreams in the big city. So um <laughs> yeah, but I'm enjoying it. I I moved my house again, so um I've relocated my house a little bit up the way up a hill. So uh yeah, I'm just burning money unnecessarily on moving buildings around at the moment. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my life. Yeah. But it's still just a great little distraction. I'm really yeah. enjoying my time with it. Really enjoying the the soul and just the feel of the game and the quirkiness and the cuteness and just there's no drama in this game. Whether you're going to a friend's island or they're coming to you or you're just playing with yourself, like it's just fun and it's just easy. Yeah, um, I feel so. Um, yeah, I'm loving it and. Obviously, you're still giving it glowing reviews and, and five stars and everything because it's it's your comfort food. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's been a few, like, instances now where I kind of get a bit shitty about directional digging and that kind of placement of not understanding where the hell I'm facing. That still pisses me off. But um, the only other thing is also now that um, a lot of people are playing, um, having your gates open and then people interrupting interactions and if someone we found out if someone disconnects from your server and someone else is there it reverts to everyone like back to fresh so yeah and that was me that that was was me that That uh, i did the disconnect yeah disclosure (laughs) i feel bad though because you went and did everything you like grabbed some bugs you went did some shopping you got everything done and then everything you had was gone yeah, I was I was on that grind, got some unique fish, unique bugs, did some yeah, bought some plants that I could take home to uh yeah, sort of scatter around my island. That's that's one thing actually that that annoys me slightly is picking picking flowers off a off a plant, you don't get an option to replant it. So I can't just sort of just grab some flowers or or leaves or whatever you'd say off off plants and then sort of put them in again. Like you sort of maximum capacity unless you're buying seeds, which kind of mm. irks me a bit, especially um, in the south again, we don't we don't get much variety. We've got like lilies, roses, and then these plants called like white mums and red mums and stuff like that. Yeah. That's all we've got. Where mm. the flowers you guys have got up the north are fantastic. Yeah, they're pretty. So we're gorgeous. we're very much the poor cousins down here in the south. Yeah, well, like like I said, I'm currently trying to multiply my plants so then you can have one of each and start your own. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So is it just you're putting your plants sort of side by side and then naturally they over time just no you've got to water them every day oh okay and you saw my island that's a lot of (laughs) yeah you need a you need a bigger watering can i do i do luckily the villagers help out and they'll water a plant or two as well so well that's nice that's nice yeah they gotta pay yeah so um speaking of paying nemesis has been trying to make me pay all this week in resident evil 3 yeah the remake um so yeah shout out to turn left distribution for for hooking us up with a copy of that because i've been absolutely smashing this game since last weekend Um, Mm -hmm. my second playthrough at the moment uh loving life like the, the the completion time for for sort of a first run would be anywhere from say 
six to eight hours potentially depending on i guess how good you are or um how how much of an explorer you are looking for the the various little little easter eggs and uh these little charlie dolls that you shoot to unlock um more content uh within the game but um yeah resident evil 3 almost exactly what i was saying last year with resident evil 2 the remake it is very special loving everything about it uh, obviously, the graphical uh, enhancements from the the 1999 version is is the first thing that stands out. Like they're using that RE engine, which was on Resident Evil 2 and the latest Devil May Cry. It is a stunning game, stunning Ooh. game. Uh, the creatures, terrifying. The the main uh, protagonists and the various other human characters in the game look really, really good. Jill, Jill, the remodeling and reimagining of Jill has been fantastic. She, she's a great looking woman but they haven't like you know sexualized her in any way you know she she's just you know there she she's relatable the the voice acting is pretty on point there is some hammy lines in there but there is also mm. some sort of more self-aware lines mm-hmm. um in the game as well like there's one part where you're, you're going into like this secret laboratory that feeds off the main hospital and then jill's like how did nobody else know this was here? Like just this real blatant stuff, like because it's not very well hidden or or very secretive. So I like mm. that they were sort of aware of some of the the hamminess and and the the cheesiness uh, of of the game and the tone. The nemesis himself or itself is terrifying. My goodness, getting chased around by this guy with his flamethrower or his rocket launcher or his extendo monster demon arm thing is insane Mm. it it sort of changes um about maybe halfway through the game where it becomes less about the chase and more about then sort of staged battles or experiences or run-ins with him but in the first Mm. half of the game like he chases you across raccoon city like you're running in and out of buildings and down laneways and and whatnot and he is just on the toe and because he's quicker like bigger than you he jumps uh and, and he smashes you around so avoiding him with the zombies which Mm. also seem to be a little bit more smarter than in previous like they're a little bit more aware a little bit more aggressive slightly quicker uh it's it's insane it it keeps you on the edge of your of the seat right from the jump and oh my god my heart was racing for the better part of the first three hours non-stop like you get to the save rooms and you sort of got a second to breathe then you come out again and it's just hell on earth Mm. but i'm really really digging it like you're not a huge resident evil gal are you you haven't played much of the franchise no. uh, you've watched a little bit here and there what's what's oh, your yeah. stance on it so far so my first resident evil was actually resident evil 4 on the gamecube nice um, nice it's Great probably game. a good one to yeah actually get into so i'm pretty lucky with that unfortunately the next one i played was five so then you know the love quickly rose and then it died but in regards to the series being relaunched i like i've been familiar with the series being like you know a fan of like horror but i've never actually gone back to play the you know older style games because obviously it'd feel a bit clanky now and probably feel a bit like off uh so the fact that they've got these you know remastered uh, absolutely like redone um, I'm thinking maybe it would be a good time to probably jump back in or jump in, really. Yeah. Um, I've seen some gameplay already of people playing this one, and it is stunning. It is absolutely stunning. I cannot get over, like, how polished it is. The only thing is the hair. The hair... I was hoping you were going to say this, especially Carlos's hair. It's off. <laughs> yeah, it is something, like... 
like he's part of the UBCS, I think is what it's uh, abbreviated down to, and uh, becomes becomes your your right hand man, Carlos Oliveira. Oliveira? I don't know. I'm I'm completely butchering it. Sorry, Carlos. I just call it Carlos. But his hair looks like a mop. It's just sitting yeah. over, draped over the top of his skull, like it's luscious and it's big and zushi, But there is so much of it, and it looks so fake. Yeah, it looks like the guy that was in charge of the hair went to lunch and never came back. So mm-hmm. it's the only distracting feature I feel when it comes to the graphic quality of the game. Like everything else looks absolutely stunning. And next thing you know, like I guess Carlos comes in, but even sometimes like just any character, there's just always like this, like f- maybe they go too focused in on the head and you see these like elements of the hair just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah. And it just looking the tad bit cartoony as opposed to everything else and how polished that is. But I mean, can't complain. It still looks gorgeous otherwise. Yeah, not not many developers seem to nail hair still to this day. Like it's it, it, it seems to be a very difficult difficult medium to master uh as far as game development goes is is getting hair to look the right way to interact the right way with movement and then make it not look like it's it's sort of cut straight from Minecraft and pasted onto someone's <laughs> head. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but graphically, this game is, is something else. Um, yeah, the environments, the character models, the guns, the way that the guns uh, work as well, like they, depending on, you know, you start with your pistol and your, and your knife and you get various uh, weapons along the way that are more and more powerful and more and more suited to the harder enemies you encounter. So you've got your shotguns, your, your grenade launchers, your assault rifles, things like that. And they all handle differently. They all play differently. And then you can get various mods for some of these guns to improve uh, their effectiveness in the combat. Health and ammunition are always in short supply, as it always has been with this franchise. So you are constantly juggling your inventory not only to ensure you have enough bullets but mm. to also ensure uh you've got a couple of spare slots in your inventory to grab the eventful key or the jewel or whatever you need to, to to get you into the next space so you are constantly juggling your whole inventory and and that adds to it that stress and tension in the game as well because you're never too sure do i put these green herbs in the storage box because i know i'm going to need more ammo or do i go vice versa to sort of see how you're going to make it through this next wave of enemies. Hmm. And um, there was one part um, in a hospital. I'm not going to really say much more about that, but I, I was down to my final two bullets and I had to get into this room to get a access card to sort of progress the story and get out of this certain area of the hospital. And there were two hunters in there. And for anyone that knows the franchise, the hunters are like these big, almost like frog monsters on steroids with giant ass claws. Like they're really Mm. aggressive, really scary. And uh, they've got one attack where it one shots and you're dead. Like they do this sort of slash across your throat and you just, you cook straight away. Uh, So I had to time my way to get through here with two bullets and a flash grenade because that's all I had. And I managed Mm. to make it happen, but it took me about four, (laughs) four attempts because these things, they can leap. They're very smart. They're very quick. And yeah, one wrong move and you're dead instantly. So um, that took me a few cracks to make it make it through, but I got there and my God, the sense of relief from getting through there was bonkers. Like it was just like this weight was lifted <laughs> off my shoulders and then I could breathe. Then I'm like, shit, I've got like no bullets still. What's going to happen after this when I use this access key now? So yeah, Oof. but 
it's really cool like it follows a lot of the same beats as the original resident evil 3 but there is some changes uh some of the boss battles are tweaked slightly enemies are tweaked slightly obviously the characters and some of the the core gameplay loop has changed a little bit as far as some of the things you need to do they've taken out some like a lot of the puzzles of what they also did with resident evil 2 it's less puzzly which is nice okay and the cool thing is because this is set 24 hours before resident evil 2 some of the codes like the the safes and some of the the locker uh, padlock codes from mm-hmm. resident evil 2 they're the same they're the same password so if you can remember oh. them or if you can google it little hack <laughs> you can find out what's in there to get inventory expansion or you know weapons and and various other items so i like that they've That's sort good. of connected the dots that way and had that same consistency yeah and just showing you how some of the things come to be that you, you'd know from Resident Evil 2, like a big hole in a wall in the police department for some reason. You actually see how that happens or why that was smashed up or what happened here. So it's kind of cool that it connects all these other threads when it doesn't even really need to. Yeah. I like that there's these little nods going on. Mm. Um, but it's so good. It is so yeah. good. Capcom are just on a roll with these remakes and I'm hoping we see a Resident Evil 1 remake eventually. Um, I'm assuming we might see four after this if we're if we're I just following so. two, three, and then four. Because four was, you know, you, you played it. I experienced, I bought a GameCube just for Resident Evil Four, hmm. and it's a special game. It's a very it's special game. Like um, my favorite, like my fondest memory from playing it was just being so familiar with just sitting back when a cut ske- cut scene started and just like watching the cut scene and then it's like it's like press A press A press A I'm like uh-huh. whoa 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 and you're grabbing the controller like what the fuck is yeah, happening exactly yeah the first so. the first Resident Evil to bring in those quick time events obviously the the um, merchant was also fantastic peddling yeah. his wares you know open up his in? big cloak <laughs> what are you selling exactly so yeah. um. I'm hoping we see more of that. No doubt we might see this next year, Resident Evil 4. Like, it just seems like it's very cyclical now. But they're yeah. churning these out. And yeah. I'm not going to complain, like... Because it didn't feel like it was just Resident Evil 3 with a fresh coat of paint. They did some new things. What I mentioned last week, how there's, like, an evade feature uh, mm-hmm. with Jill where you can sort of press RB or R1 in a certain direction. You can sort of shimmy out of the way. And when you're playing as Carlos, you sort of got, like, this shoulder charge punch knockdown thing. So, it's same button but different utility. So you do get slightly different experiences um, in various parts of the story. But yeah, someone someone out there, well, everybody out there, I should say, needs to get on this because it's fantastic. Horror fans, action fans, Resident Evil fans, um, get on it. It's available now. Obviously, April 3rd was when it dropped. And uh, yeah, I can't speak highly of this. Like, it's going to be in the running for Game of the Year for, I think, a lot of people, myself included. Wow. Uh, and then obviously they've got the Resident Evil Resistance uh, online multiplayer mode. I haven't played that yet, but I want to try and get in and on that over the weekend just to sort of see how it goes. Yeah. Um, and it's a 4v1 scenario. So you're either playing as four survivors, you need to try and make your way out of a certain room. Or if you're, um, I think it's the mastermind is what they call the other person. And their mm-hmm. their whole aim is to plant traps and and various enemies uh, to try and halt your progress and stop you from escaping this area. So it's this very cat and mousey uh, multiplayer mode. It seems to be okay from what I've seen online from the chatter, positive reviews for the most part. But yeah, I'm, I'm keen to give that a go um, this yeah. week as well. I'm very curious because like, you know, based on like, you know, Resident Evil 2, now 3, we've seen great success with them kind of like just relaunching and rehashing the old classics into this like 
new in new consoles and PC and everything, I would wonder if like games like Silent Hill or like even going back to like Clock Tower or um you know Ah, oh, Clock Alone, Tower is a game I haven't thought about in a while with these big shears. Yeah, and like um the one that I remember playing on PC and scaring the shit out of me. I think it was called like Alone in the Dark. Oh yeah. Um yeah. yeah, like bringing those classics back and just seeing like, you know, seeing them in the new horrible terrifying light. Wait, why am I suggesting this? This would be horrible for me. Uh-huh. But, yeah, either way, like, when success happens, you know, it usually has a ripple effect. 100%. Like, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I'd say a lot of these devs are out there remaking old classics at the moment or at least engaging with another development company or house that uh, can, can sort of, yeah, bring these into a current generation sort of spin to, to yeah, pull on those heartstrings, uh get that heart rate going as well with with the horror and the the tension and the stress and the jump scares mm. I'm, I'm still holding out hope for dino crisis i think it's coming <laughs> i think for sure they're going to be remaking the first one similar mm-hmm. sort of style with with these games obviously it's a survival horror game but instead of zombies you're getting various dinosaurs and obviously you've got the bad human element attached to it as well but mm. it's coming I'd put good money on it that it's coming in the next couple of years. We'll see a Dino Crisis remake as well, and I'll be a very happy boy. But until then, yeah, Resident Evil 3, people need to get out there, get a copy of this. I know another smaller game has also released early this week, which uh, was um, a week ahead of the rest of the world with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake (laughs) coming out. Certain locations got it early. (laughs) Yeah, Australia got extremely lucky. Uh, Yeah, Street Date broken well early and uh Mm. now available to the masses uh here in australia and um i don't know if any of the other sort of countries have followed suit off the back of this now but i think most people still have to wait to you know another week or so's time for when when this game comes out so uh yeah there's a lot of envy around the world i think for us australians here because they don't have to wait till april the 10th for the u.s or april 11th here in australia to get a copy of uh ff7 remake because it's available now and everyone's playing it everyone seems to be loving it but um yeah i've gone the different path i've gone survival horror as opposed to grpg uh so mm. cloud and tifa and co they can wait because i'm going to finish this second run through uh and just take my time with resident evil because it's so good yeah, so makes good sense. i mean if you held yourself back from playing your favorite franchise and something else is wrong in the world so but you also yeah. got to make time for doom as well don't forget yeah. poor little doom yep that's that's actually probably going to be next on my hit list final fantasy will get done after that i want to try mm-hmm. and knock down doom next uh still keep playing animal crossing still keep playing apex loving apex i'm on a real sort of rhythm and roll now with apex like i've sort of tweaking with my controls and, and i'm still yes playing with a controller on the pc <laughs> you know boo me but i've adjusted some things on my elite controller where i've put like the longer the longer um the longer sticks on so i've got like different control based off my aim and my movement so um that seems to be working a little bit better in my favor uh and and i'm yeah faring a lot more uh positive as opposed to negative these days so i'm watching my kd ratio go up and up which makes me feel good because i was on a slide so uh that's good it's funny like i I did enjoy playing apex but i'm aching for warzone i want to do some more warzone i still haven't played really yeah i need to i want to try and um find some time to give that a go as well even if it's just a couple of games just to dip a toe um so maybe maybe this week big file to download for dipping your toes but i think it's well worth it you might get addicted 
Yeah, I I uh, got the download done on the on the Xy box. So um, yeah, can can play. Just need to to put some time aside to to jump in on the Warzone. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we've been playing. Um, anything you've been watching? Anything you want to mention? I st- I finished watching uh, Tiger King this past oh week. Oh my god! I my lord. That is like a meme in itself. Um, everyone is hyping about that. I actually haven't watched it yet, but we we are actually teeing it up now since everyone else is talking about it. So. It is insane. Like, uh, who would have thought that this thing would have popped off the way it did? Like, I like now, as an aside, how Netflix have the top tens of what yeah. people are watching. I think that's really cool to see what's getting traction. I don't know if it's based off views or if they're just uh, strategically doing that to get more people funneled into certain TV shows or films. But mm. uh, Tiger King, seven episodes, uh, reality documentary on this guy who, uh, yeah, Joe Exotic is the, the lead character. Well, the lead um, focal point of this show and it's all about sort of uh, big cats around America. So whether it be zoos, whether it be personal collections of people owning lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Um, but yeah, it is insane. It is insane all the shit that goes on in this. There's bloody, you know, murder plots and um, you know, fraud and um, theft and all this crazy bonkers. It's this larger than life white trash reality show with with tigers and things thrown in around it like it is it is some of the most dumpster fire television but it is so great and all the conspiracy theories and and sort of threads that they're trying to connect at once is phenomenal so you got to give it a look yeah i'm definitely gonna have to sit down with that one because i like apart from now what you kind of given me i still have no idea what the damn show is about so like i am like is it really just a show about some guy owning tigers so yeah the curiosity has peaked so i'm gonna go and watch that this week i believe yeah picture picture a guy like joe dirt that owns a big big cat zoo and he's he's the star of the show he's involved in everything he's making like music film clips and releasing albums and he's running for governor and like He's so just delirious to everything outside of his own central orbit. Like, you know, he's the smartest man in the room. He's the coolest man in the room. He's got to be everything. But he's just this white trash dude from America that looks like Joe Dirt. That um, I think there's some good in him, at least to start with. But you just watch this this uh, documentary crew that, crew that films him and all the people in his orbit over the span of a few years, and it just spirals. Like, it is oh, such I- hot mess. Um Good, good television. Yeah, only seven episodes, so it's it's something you can watch over the span of a weekend. And um, you just sit there and go, man, can this get any crazier? Oh yeah, it can get crazier. Really gonna do that? Really saying that? Like, it's something. Oh man. So yeah, give yeah. it a look. Gotta load that in because like I've only been like rewatching Community. Um, oh yeah, it's on. Yeah. It's all on Netflix now. Yeah, it's on Netflix now, so it just makes it all easier. I kind of forgot how kind of lost season one was, and then how season two it just like yeah this is community so been two, two and three season two and three are the the peaks of that whole that whole uh franchise but yeah one was very much trying to find its feet and its tone yeah. it felt like at times as well yeah it was it's it definitely was like finding its space it kind of like it feels weird watching community and season one being like wait this is this isn't the show but there's a lot of familiar characters so um the separate and that but i finally um watched us that movie oh yes John Peel. yeah yes what do you like, think i was kind of disappointed um everything was pretty obvious so i i kind of feel like 
for the most part, I was just waiting for it to get to all the pieces that I'd already put into place. So yeah, it kind of just dragged on for me, unfortunately. The, the concept was good, but I just felt like it kind of just handed it over pretty easy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, Get Out is certainly head and shoulders better than us, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, they're still great, and it's it's cool to see Jordan Peele having so much success with with directing and writing and everything else he's doing now with, with his Monkey Paw Studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what he does next. But yeah, us... It felt a little bit more paint by numbersy, didn't it? It sort of was very predictable. Yeah, it was. Like it, there was elements that were very creative about it that I did enjoy. And don't get me wrong, I've already jumped on YouTube to like see all the other little secret things that maybe I hadn't missed. Um, but for the most part, I hadn't missed much. So I feel yeah. like with that, it's maybe maybe a bit too in your face for people that don't know to look for things. I guess so. Nah, I'm not too sure. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. I it was still, I still like watching it, but just in regards to um, what he kind of set up previously, I just felt like I was, yeah, it was pretty spoon-fed. What did, what did you think about the ending and that final sort of um, final third of the movie? Like avoiding spoilers, but did you was the payoff worth it, do you think? Oh, no. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't. Like, a, like in regards to like essentially just already kind of knowing who the person was and how it came to be and how everything happened about the only thing um, that kind of paid off was a few theories about the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I, I could see that it's not necessarily proven true, but I mean, it's a good theory. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I I was kind of disappointed, which is unfortunate. So, Um, but I know a lot of people had been recommending, recommending that movie to me. So, yeah, those um, in like sort of tying into the movie and just in real life as well. Those those sort of mirror rooms or like scary mirror buildings or whatever you want to describe yeah. them as. I don't like them. They are freaky, like just in general. And yeah. there is a fear of being trapped forever in those spaces. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was like a legitimate fear that people have. Like there were, I looked that up, and yeah, people like hate those spaces because they get like claustrophobic and everything like that. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, wow. no, thank you. No, no thank you. Nah, I've just still been watching more Buffy. It's so great. It's such a dumpster <laughs> fire of a show. That, that's sort of like the background television while we're playing Animal Crossing or, or sort of mm-hmm. fiddling around doing stuff. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, still got to finish Better Call Saul Season 5. Just finished, uh, yeah, Tiger King. And then, um, yeah, see what else is circulating because we're starting to see a lot of these movies getting released direct to digital yeah. and you can pay. We don't get all of them just yet. We get we've got we've had access to a few here in Australia, but mm. hopefully that changes, and we can get these early ones because I want to get a copy of Deadshot and see how bad it is, which I know will be very <laughs> bad, but I want to see it for myself. Yeah, no, I probably will pass on that one. I'm just trying to catch up, man. Like I've still got to watch Knives Out. Um, there's I've still got to watch The Joker. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Get on so, that. I I still haven't watched Knives Out either, so I can't talk, but. It looks great, and from yeah. the people I know have watched it and um, even go listen to the Forever Movie Boys do a recap and review of Knives Out. Their episode is yeah. it's really good, really good listen, and it got me even more excited to watch the movie. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a Maya pile of shame as well. Yeah, curious to see what everyone else out there is, has been watching or maybe recommends watching because, um, mm. yeah, I mean, put it on the pile. Got to be sitting inside the house for a while. Yeah, yep, 100%. 
And uh, when you're done putting them on the pile for us, be sure to head over to 8bitnation.net, shop 8bit.net, 8bit.net, youtube.com forward slash we are 8bit. All those centralized hubs and URLs there will get you all your 8-bit related content. Uh, we're talking video reviews, we're talking podcasts, we're talking competitions, we're talking giveaways. Obviously, our web store, which I mentioned there, shop8bit.net, gets you direct access to our official web store, t-shirts, hoodies, socks, underwear, pillows, various homewares, you name it, it is all available there. So you can kit your entire house out with 8-bit related merch. It almost feels like you're living real-life Animal Crossing. You can kit your house out in all the 8-bit colors. Uh, might cost you a little bit more than it does in Animal Crossing. Actually, no, probably the bells to dollar ratio would be a bit cheaper on the dollar ratio. So, uh, yeah, but shop8bit.net. Uh, be sure to support us there if you can. Uh, if you can't support us monetarily via our patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit, obviously reviews and subscriptions on the podcast would be more than enough. So be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasters in the hashtag 8-bit collective because those reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts, especially right now when we're isolated, we've got nothing else to do but look at charts and monitor things and get real granular, get real paranoid about how things are going. But yeah, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts you're listening to on the reg. Takes no time, takes no money, but it means an awful lot to us all. Uh, when you're done checking that out, if you are looking to maybe get into some content creation, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au is the perfect place to start there. They've got a content creator bundle now where you can get yourself a microphone, you can get yourself a headset as well as a microphone stand. So you can uh, kick off your content creating in style with the best in audio-based equipment from the legends of AT. Uh, if you're looking for gaming headphones, you're looking for turntables, you're looking for just streetwear headphones for when you do Leave the house very briefly. They've got in-ear, they've got over-ear, they've got noise cancelling, obviously Bluetooth functionality as well. So when you are maybe walking around the block doing some exercise, nipping to the shops, obviously keep that two arms length distance while you're doing all this stuff. But yeah, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to get yourself the best in audio-based equipment for every application, every situation. So uh, yeah, that's the housekeeping. Let's move into some news. This week's news headlines. All right. We've got some more this or that, Miss Hart. And uh, I'm going to let you steer the ship on this first one. And what I've done here is made broader news headlines that don't give away the, uh, the payoff straight away. So the first headline, this. Substantial developer of RPGs will not be holding digital replacement for its cancelled stage show. So that is this. Or that. Devs not getting paid what's owed. We go on this. We go on that. That's tricky. Now that you've actually obscured the titles, now there is actually a sense of curiosity on both. You know what? Just because I'm a little bit passionate about it, I'm going to go with that. So the devs not getting paid what they're Okay. Okay. So we're going with that. The devs not getting paid what's owed. This comes via way of Emma, Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. Given it's one of gaming's biggest franchise, the news Borderlands 3 was a major success came as little surprise. Within its first five days, it had sold over 5 million copies, which is insane, like not news-related article, but that's huge. Like obviously Borderlands has oh. got a big, big fan base, but that, that number's no joke. But anyway, back to, back to the article. Making it 2K's fastest selling game of all time. Something that probably did come as a surprise to Borderlands 3's developers, however, is that their hefty bonuses designed to make up for lower initial pay were no longer happening. 
That's according to a report by Kotaku, whose sources say Gearbox employees will no longer receive the royalty bonuses promised throughout development. The news was apparently broken earlier this week by CEO Randy Pitchford, who said developers would now receive much smaller bonus checks than the ones expected, which in some cases were supposed to go into the tens of hundreds of thousands. The reason given was that the game had been more expensive than anticipated, combined with significant company growth and off-base sales projections. The increased expense was likely caused by a technology swap between Unreal Engine 3 and Unreal Engine 4 midway through development, along with a 2K 2K deal, which meant Gearbox needed to first recoup both Borderlands 3 95 million US dollar budget and the DLC budget for a combined total of nearly $145 million before the studio could receive royalties. As contextualized by Kotaku, Gearbox's bonuses mean more than just a nice little extra on top. The studio is known for having below average salaries for the industry, but this is balanced out with the offer of profit sharing. Gearbox takes 60% of the earnings from royalties and the remaining 40% is distributed to employees via quarterly bonuses. For developers who worked hard on seeing Borderlands 3 out the door and were willing to accept lower salaries with the promise of bonuses down the line, this news will be devastating. It's also particularly damaging considering Gearbox's previous titles, such as Battleborn, were commercial flops, meaning devs were eager to hang on for the bonuses coming from Borderlands 3. At the meeting, Pitchford told developers they were welcome to quit if they didn't like the royalty system, but said he hoped to get employees more money as an advance on future royalties. Eurogamer understands from those close to the company that the promise of Borderlands 3 bonuses was effectively a golden handcuff situation, which forced developers to stay and finish the game, then claim their royalties. Now that those handcuffs are off, there is nothing stopping a mass exodus from the studio. In response to Kotaku's request for comment, Gearbox issued the following statement. Borderlands 3 represents an incredible value to gamers and an incredible achievement by the team at Gearbox Software. Our studio is talent-led and we believe strongly in everyone sharing in in profitability. The talent at Gearbox enjoys participation in the upside of our games, to our knowledge, the most generous royalty bonus system in AAA. Since this program began, Gearbox talent has earned over $100 million in royalty bonuses above and beyond traditional compensation. During the final stages of Borderlands 3 development last year, a series of shocking news stories surrounding Pitchford emerged, including an accusation he'd taken a $12 million secret bonus and kept, in quotes, underage porn on a USB drive. So my goodness, it is not all sunshine and rainbows over at Gearbox. What do you reckon about this bloody minefield of a situation? This is absolutely disgusting. Um, Now... Like, a lot of people are saying, why would you um, sign an agreement on something just so, you know, baseless as, like, oh, you will get you will get an under, you know, wage ex- expectation until the game releases and then you'll receive, like, a, a bonus of profitability of the game. Like, why would you agree to something like that? And, um, I mean, the biggest thing is, is that the gaming industry is a very competitive market. So, you know you go and study to, you know, join your dream studios. Like a lot of people dream about working for Gearbox. Like, you know, they grow up with it and then they want to work and support it. But um, the market, the job market out there is extremely competitive. So sometimes you either take what you can get and then like hope for the best or just honestly believe that, you know, (laughs) I like, I don't know if they explained whether it was a contract agreement or whatnot that they signed, but 
if someone says you're going to get a bonus at the end, you're going to get it. <laughs> now, um, contrasting like comments has been that they're not get that they are getting a bonus. It's just not as much as that they expected, um, or you know, either way, like a lot of uh, staff members are, have already had plans, like they already kind of like had ideas set up and I guess especially now, now what the world's in, um, a lot of people are probably really dependent on that money. So yeah. it's it's honestly like scummy behavior. You can't flaunt um, your successes and then kick your creators and the people working long ass hours and crunching and just kick them in the dirt saying, sorry, we still have nothing for you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. And I think one of the most sort of shocking or maybe not shocking but one of the the worst things to read in this article outside obviously of, of him doing the dodgy we're talking randy pitchford with the alleged bonus that he took for himself and the the underage sort of kitty porn that he may or may not have um is that part where he's sort of saying if you're not happy you can quit like yeah. i think that is just so disgusting um because it is putting the fear of god into these into these staff because yeah as you said mm-hmm. the the current climate, like a lot of these developers, they won't be screaming for, for more staff. They're trying to survive and and sort of keep everybody that they're already employing under under contract and under employment and being able to pay the bills and, and sort of stay out of trouble with this COVID-19 situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now more than ever, I think the higher-ups at Gearbox are just like, love it or leave it, really. Um, and knowing that they've sort of still got this this carrot that they're dangling with. They're saying, oh, we're going to give you more on the next quarterly bonus, you know? Like, just just stay another 90 days. We'll give you more. Keep working. Keep doing what you're doing for us. And we'll give you a little mm-hmm. bit more of a sniff in, um, you know, in Q2 or Q3 or whatever it might be. So it's, um, it's bad business. And yeah, it's not the first time we've heard Gearbox doing... Um, having some suspect or some, some less than ideal business practices. Uh, so hopefully mm-hmm. they can get their back end sorted out and where they need to sort of change change some things at the top which would then trickle down but i'm with you like you know i work in my nine to five like i work in sales and you want to get paid on what you sell and these Mm -hmm. developers like when they're getting promised to get paid on what they make which would then uh, translate into those sales to to get that commission yeah the the fact that they've they've been given this very wishy-washy broad yeah yeah, we'll we'll give you a, we'll give you a nice little bonus come come the end of the quarter, and then they give you a, a fraction of it. Like it can really derail your your home and your personal life because, as you said, like mm-hmm. they could be house repayments, car repayments, trips, whatever it might be. Obviously, no one's traveling now, but like they could have had some serious plans put in place, knowing what the bonuses were in previous um, you know games they were working on, and now it's mm-hmm. just all turned to hell because they're trying to say, oh, the game costs us more. Like it's like, well, that's not the developer's fault. You know, they're yeah. not the ones signing those, sign off on those terms to jump from Unreal 3 to 4 or whatever the development process, um, other expenses increases were. Like, that's not on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a bad taste, like, mostly with the gloating about your success in sales as well as just constantly pushing out more download, like, more content, like, more expansions that they keep on releasing maybe every few months to obviously either entice new players. I'm not too sure if that content requires any additional money or, you know, people to pay to play kind of thing. But, I mean, so there's still people working out there. There's still people, like, you know, keeping Borderlands 3 relevant in, in the mainstream because I guess that's what they they want. The more it's in the mainstream, the more likely they can 
get more new players. So, but yeah. it's just disgusting. Don't gloat about something while you, you know you're doing the dirty in the, you know, in the workplace. So. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And yeah, those are sort of paid DLCs as well. So it's not that they they're are. getting this made done for free off the back of the devs. Like there's more money coming in. So they need to they need to distribute this to these these staff members that were promised these uh, <clears throat> these bonuses based off, off um, the success of the game. Like they're saying now that the game's uh, in, in a profitable state. So they've, they've paid off that $145 million worth of uh, uh, development and budget costs. So... Yeah, pony that up to the people that made the game. Like, if, if we see that some of these Gearbox higher-ups are getting nice fat bonuses off the back of this thing, which no doubt we probably mm-hmm. will, like, yeah, I could see a bit of an exodus, could see a lot of these guys go, you know what, we're done, we're out of here. And, you know, they disperse from Gearbox and, and go off on their own paths. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's just that stereotypical little man getting squeezed by, by the big corporate giant and having their voice taken away. So no yeah. doubt we'll probably get some anonymous uh, quotes and stories start to trickle out probably on the back of this. Maybe yeah. Jason Trial start to talk to, um, you know, Gearbox employee X and Y and get some of the more dirt to what's going on. So, uh, yeah, keep keep your uh, eyes peeled to Kotaku or Shreya's Twitter handle. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they get paid with that, what they're owed because that's, that's, that's life. That's how it should be. Get paid yeah. for the work you do. Yeah. All right, so the next this or that. This, developer bans over 50,000 cheaters. Or that, a developer is planning to donate 5% of its online revenue towards COVID-19. Mm. Well, I I feel like I picked the last one, so why don't you get the opportunity for once? <laughs> um. All right, I am going to go with that. Um, I'll, I'll quickly just say... What I mentioned with this, that's actually Activision has uh, banned over 50,000 people from Call of Duty Warzone for cheating. So uh, that's that in a very compressed nutshell. But uh, they've got zero tolerance for cheaters apparently because they're perma-banned. That's not like a time-based ban. You're out, suckers. All right. Should be. So here's that. Rockstar Games has announced that it will donate 5% of its online revenue to COVID-19 relief efforts. The news was revealed in a post from the Rockstar Games Twitter account where the company explained that from April 1st, 5% of in-game purchases in GTA Online and Red Dead Online will go towards COVID-19 relief. The, no- the donation period will last until the end of May. This means that a percentage of the price in Rockstar's in-game microtransactions like gold bars in Red Dead Online and shark cards in GTA Online will go towards helping aid those who have been affected by COVID-19. Quote, These funds will be used to help local communities and businesses struggling with the impacts of COVID-19, both directly and by supporting some of the amazing organizations who are on the ground, end quote. The statement reads, The decision was made after the team had noticed that communities around Rockstar offices in North America, the UK, India and beyond were facing hardship due to the pandemic, with small businesses closing doors and those who need government support unable to access it. The road ahead will be challenging and we want to help wherever we can, the statement reads. It's a charitable move from Rockstar that follows in the footsteps of other companies in the games industry who are doing their bit to help fight the coronavirus. Last week, we saw Nintendo donate nearly 10,000 respirator masks in front to frontline staff in Washington. A city Project Red is also helping with donating nearly $1 million to combat the spread of COVID-19 in Poland. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see. Like Obviously, Rockstar are just about the biggest development house in the world. 
Uh, and 5%, like it might sound like a bit of a paltry number, like 5% is like, uh, that's not much. But when you know the amount of people that play GTR Online especially, like that is a substantial fee that they're going to be putting towards COVID-19. So uh, it's nice to see. It's really good to see, especially on the back of all the other horror stories regarding crunch and the tyranny that seems to yeah. operate in amongst Rockstar. So. Yeah, no, Rockstar is, uh, has uh, received a bit of a backlash in the god how many years there's always some new story about rockstar unfortunately but um let's just hope that you know this good cause comes off you know that they are paying their staff as well and there's no crunch time so but yeah they should definitely receive a good portion because people are dropping the dollary dues on uh especially the shark cards for gta so Hopefully a good amount of revenue comes from that. I, I never play GTA Online, full disclosure. So can you actually tell me what a shark card is? I feel like I'm 60 years old right now going, what, what's a shark card? So what is well, it? Well, Dad, um, <laughs> so a shark card is essentially like, think about like, you know how you can buy like a gift card or like a prepaid credit card? That's actually that's actually how they look in like GameStop and like all your game stores when you want to buy one physically. And all it is, is essentially just loading up that amount of money that you're paying for into GTA. So oh, the, card, okay. the card would be worth between like, I don't, it could be a ridiculous amount, but like, you know, like a couple of million to a, like, you know, like 5 million, a hundred million. And you're paying probably like what, 10 bucks, 25 bucks. Yeah. And yep, then yep. you load it up in game. So then in game, you are like a multimillionaire and then you can buy those ridiculous cars and condos and everything else. So usually just the more cards you buy the flashier you look mm. so and then the same with the gold bars it's just you know buying power yeah yeah okay well um i'm curious to see come uh you know, the the back end of may when this uh when this sort of uh plan that they're putting in place as far as the donations i'd love to see the final figure so hopefully they release mm. what of course they would right like because they want that positive press that they're donating x amount of money yes <laughs> So it'll it'll be pl- splashed all over all over their website and social media. So yeah, we'll see what happens at the end of May slash start of June, as far as that final figure, uh, because it will be astronomical to say the mm. least. So um, yeah, let's uh let's sort of shift into the main course or the the last bit of news for this week on the Hunger Gamers and um, some huge news this past week. The Last mm. of Us Two has been delayed indefinitely. My goodness. So uh, this this article comes by way of Jonathan Dornbush at IGN. The game is no longer set to be released on PlayStation 4 on May 29. Sony and developer Naughty Dog announced earlier this week. A tweet from Sony confirmed, update. SIE has made the difficult decision to delay the launch of The Last of Us Part 2 and Marvel's Iron Man VR until further uh-huh. notice. Logistically, the global crisis is preventing us from providing the launch experience our players deserve. The company followed the statement with, currently there are no other delays to report, but we'll keep you updated. Naughty Dog has also released a statement on Twitter about the delay, which I'm about to read in full right now. As you've likely just seen, the release of The Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed. We're sure this news is just as disappointing to you as it is to us. We wanted to reach out to all of you in our community to give you a little more information. The good news is we're nearly done with development of The Last of Us Part 2. We're in the midst of fixing our final bugs. However, even with us finishing the game, we were were faced with the reality that due to logistics beyond our control, we couldn't launch The Last of Us Part 2 to our satisfaction. 
We want to make sure everyone gets to play The Last of Us Part 2 around the same time, ensuring that we're doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everyone. This meant delaying the game until such a time where we can solve these logistic issues. We were bummed about this decision, but ultimately understood what's best and fair to all our players. We're hoping this won't be a long delay and we'll update you as soon as we have new information to share. Wish you all, your families and your friends the best of health. Thank you for being amazing fans and your continued support. Stay safe. So, what do you think about this? Do you think it's tied specifically to, oh, we're going to have some logistical nightmares trying to get these things shipped in time, maybe the discs manufactured because this, they... This game might be getting de- developed in uh, via Naughty Dog in the United States, but they do obviously outsource certain things across the globe to get it finished. What's your thoughts here? Where, where do you I, land? I hate to be the negative Nelly that I am, but there's two things that kind of like throw me off on this. Is The first one is them saying like, oh, we're almost done with all the bugs and fixes. And I look at the like date and I'm like, okay, almost done, you know, start of May. So you know um yeah six weeks away really something about that doesn't sound right but i don't know too much about game development but unfortunately there was a recent article or post about uh, naughty dog's (coughs) practices of also crunch and you know treatment of staff so there's that again in the news um so uh, my concerns are now actually for the staff because it's being pushed along what happens to them are they just going to still be pushed to the brink to just keep on polishing this game who knows um the other part of this is that i don't believe you that your concern is for you know customers to me it sounds like ooh, if people can't buy our game physically then that's a bad sales like you know so it's it's not about the customer's experience because there's a good there's a good chunk of people that are like well release it digitally like you know we we're still at home but you know as the Australian market is very familiar. Some people still don't have the internet to like, you know, crunch down a game that size with the internet that's available to them. So, but to me, it sounds less about a, we're worried about your experience too. We're worried about how it will impact our sales. Yeah. I, I'll sort of try and jump on both sides of the fence on that. And, and, and I agree. I think there's a lot of truth where they are fearful of the bottom line. Uh, and knowing that this game releasing at the back end of May where retail is closing down all over the world right now uh, and, mm-hmm. and then some of these various pockets around the globe where their network infrastructure sucks. So trying to download this game or buying it digitally is just impossible. So obviously they want this thing to to sell like gangbusters and and cover all the hard work and, and, and have the success that The Last of Us 1 achieved uh, so I think that's certainly number one. Sony have said, you know what, we we don't want to double down here because uh, we're, we're probably leaving money on the table doing it this way. But I think also maybe looking at it with the current climate, maybe they're hesitant to release a game about a pandemic, you know, during like in this current climate with such a with such a big prestigious title and and you know, The Last of Us is one of the biggest franchises in the world so maybe getting a lot of unnecessary attention maybe they don't want the fear-mongering that would come with it and maybe the backlash that the media would give them releasing a game like this when the world is almost becoming the last of us like maybe i like that's a good angle i actually didn't think about that but um 
a part of me thinks like, well, the division didn't hold back on any of their stuff and there's nothing more honest than the sights that you're actually seeing from New York, like actual real life. Like It is the division. It's insane. It is the division, like the, the made, makeshift tents and the people in hazmat suits. Like it's, it's really scary actually how similar some of the photos that were coming out of there right now are similar to the game. Um, so I, I could see it, but like, I, I do honestly believe it is just the bottom line of like sales. And you know what, going back to kind of what I've been talking about, I guess the, even though staff should just be paid already based on the work that they've done, um, I guess the success of sales in this game reflects on how a company, you know, pays their staff in the end. So yeah. I do want them to have a successful sale so that they, they pay their staff. So I'm going to leave on that positive. So yeah yeah but it's uh it's crazy because this this is probably this and cyberpunk are the two biggest um and i guess final fantasy 7 because it has got a amount of prestige and nostalgia and fandom attached to it they're probably the three biggest releases for 2020 mm-hmm. you'd, you'd say and to see the last of us potentially not even maybe fall in the 2020 release cycle now i don't know like they haven't really said it's going to be three months six months 12 months when this thing's going to drop obviously cyberpunk's already been shifted from sort of um a q2 release to to sort of q3 so i wonder if we're going to see more of that but yeah there's a lot of fans that are going to be a little bit sad uh that's for sure because everyone's like yeah last of us we're getting that in less than two months time now and now it's will we get it in 2020 who knows yeah, actually, nothing stops a person from buying it online and getting it sent to them physically. And games like Final Fantasy and Resident Evil, they still launch successfully. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. I'm and Resident Evil's got similar subject matter. Like, yeah, it's a zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse. The, the, well, not the world yet, but at least Raccoon City is in uh, in shambles and amidst a pandemic. So, uh, yeah, very <laughs> interesting. I can tell you now the empty streets of America is a bit raccoon city because uh, no one's out in the streets to deserve the raccoons. So they've been running wild. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, that might uh, segue us nicely into this anyway. Tweet of the week. And this tweet, a little bit lighter, especially after the heaviness of the previous news articles we were reading, comes by a way of at cute ghosts. And uh, Julie is uh, his or her name. And uh, the tweet is just a nice graphic relating to Animal Crossing New Horizons, and it's a balloon guide. So for anyone that has played Animal Crossing or has not, what the balloons are in essence, uh, they float through your island or maybe your your friend's island that you're visiting, uh, and there's a little present attached to it at the bottom. And uh, what they've since confirmed is, depending on the color of the balloon, it will determine what is in the gift. So if the balloon is red, going to be a crafting recipe if the balloon is yellow it's going to be bells or the currency in the game if the balloon is green uh, you've got furniture and if the balloon is blue it is crafting materials so you can sort of determine straight away if you want to hunt that balloon down because sometimes when they are sort of floating over a body of water if you shoot it with your slingshot you lose the present and you have to wait or follow it around to get to the right position to shoot it but uh, yeah, cute ghosts giving us some heads up on the balloon guide for Animal Crossing. What do you reckon? Did you know this stuff? Because you're the you're no. the savant here. 
I honestly did not know this and this is going to absolutely change me because I am a balloon chaser. I um, am very fond of it, although the Easter celebration right now is pissing me off because they're oh happening every five seconds. God, don't get me started. Anytime I see an Easter egg colored balloon, I'm just like, I don't even care. I'm ignoring this. I don't want another Easter related recipe that I'm never going to craft. Yeah, actually, I'm almost crafted at all. Um, but <laughs> either way, um, no, this information is good. I actually really appreciate the people on Twitter um, with their little guides and information. I've actually been following a lot of people based on the turnip stock market um, because I still can't figure that out. So I still don't yeah. have any turnips. I've got to get some how tomorrow. Are, how, how are you missing the turnip lady? Because it's Sunday mornings and usually I, that's like my, my sleeping day. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, going to... Gonna, be proactive and get on there tomorrow to get some turnips so I can start my turnip empire. God, I, you know what? I just realized sometimes some of our listeners are not Animal Crossing fans or players or whatever, and they're probably like, this game just sounds like absolute craziness. <laughs> I wonder. But it's great. It's a good kind of crazy and you need it in your life. It's a nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, nice buffer from reality, this game, that's for sure. But yeah, the balloon mm. guide, by way of at cute ghosts. Red for recipes, yellow for bells, green for furniture, and blue for crafting materials. But uh, is there anything you want to say? I think we're pretty much just about done and dusty for episode 189. Anyone, anything else you want to say before we get on out of here? Yeah, I just want to express that maybe some people might be interested in it, but um, that game, Valorant, the kind of four-on-four shooter that was kind of getting mixed opinions, um, I think the there's a closed beta going on right now. Um, a lot of people that are streaming um, are playing it, so check it out i think it might be closed so i'm not too sure if you can get access to it but it should be interesting to see how it turns out that's that's the one that almost merges overwatch with csgo yeah yeah so i've been very curious about it to see how it's received so if anyone else saw it on their radar previously um there's a lot of streamers playing it right now so yeah I'm curious to see it. Like, obviously, Riot's got an, a big enough name that people will mm. jump on and give it a go. But yeah. from the, 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 the video I've seen, it just does not interest me at all. Like, it looks it, cheap. It, like, yeah, I guess cheap is the best way to describe it. For me, it's like, it, it not even fan-made. It's like, it's got this amount of polish to it. But then there's also this level of, like, emptiness and just, like, non-polish. Like, it's just very bland. So... I don't know. I, like, that's why I want to check this out. I want to see if, like, maybe we just kept on getting a lot of half-assed information and then that the full game was actually... Then everything kind of unfolds and it's yep. like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So. Yeah, fair cool. Fair cool. See how it goes. I'm not going to even probably give it a go. I'll just see what the feedback <laughs> is and we can report back through here. But maybe you'll give it a go. Maybe you'll get on this beta and see. But um, not for me. I'm buying no. turnips and killing zombies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this has been episode 189 of the Hungry Games podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for listening each and every week. It truly means a lot. Next week, uh, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Roger, from the Button Mash podcast. So uh, we're going to have a, a three-way here on the pod next week. So excited to have him on board here to talk video gaming news, reviews, and everything else in between. But yeah, this has been episode 189 of the Hungry Games podcast. Till next week, Happy Nation. Much love. And stay hungry. 
You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Thank <laughs> you.